You know, I remember growing up, there were certain moments in life where you were going to have like a really big conversation uh, with your family, right? And maybe your mom or dad would text you or they would yell from downstairs and they would yell to you up in your room that, hey, we need you to come down here. We need to talk to you. And your stomach would drop, right? Because you're either going to get praised for something you might have done well or you were walking into a trap, right? And it was going to be a very bad day because you were going to get some bad news. They found out something you were doing. Maybe your grades got posted online. That's typically what mine was, right? The stupid parent thing where you could look at a kid's grades online came out like right when I was in sixth grade and it was straight from Satan. I firmly believe that because I hadn't seen it. I hadn't even gotten the test back and you would get in the car or you would get home and you're just getting berated right away, right? Because it's like, how could you have let that happen? How could you make a whatever you made on this test? And it's like, uh, I thought I had the highest grade in the class. Everybody did bad, right? That was my go-to line. But there was that moment of just like, your stomach dropped because you knew that there was a big conversation coming. Like there was something really big that you were going to talk about that was going to kind of shape the time that you were in. Guys, I firmly believe that's what this morning's going to be for us. Like we're having a big conversation because what we're talking about today, if it's not a part of our daily lives, we're in trouble. But if it's not a part of our lives here, just as a ministry, just as a fam here at HSM, we've got a huge problem. Like, we're failing, and I'm failing you, okay? So I want to address this today. Not that there's anything uh, that's particularly going on. This is just where we're talking about since we've been talking about friendships in our lives. Man, We've looked at a lot of Old Testament stories the past few weeks of friendships and how they apply. Today, we're getting the word straight from the mouth of Jesus on what friendship should look like. I think it's really interesting that he addresses this at all. you got to think, Jesus' time here on earth was incredibly short. And so every word that came out of the guy's mouth was important. And he didn't just say it to say it. He said it so that the disciples would hear it and that we would get to know it. So I don't think there's any accident that he talks about friendship. I don't think there's any accident that this is something they were dealing with. The disciples had some issues going on, and we're going to talk about it here in a second. But I think the words of Jesus, man, they're going to shape where we're going today. But my hope and my prayer is they reshape the posture of your heart, and they reshape your life. They change how you think about the world. They change the relationships that you currently have and the ones that you're going to have moving forward. And then it shapes our ministry. It shapes us together as we come together each week. So let's dive into it. I love this passage. John 15, verse 12 is where we're going to start. So this is Jesus talking to the disciples, and he just gets right after it. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. So if Jesus is starting something by saying, this is my commandment, you've got to assume what's coming next is going to be a big deal. Like, Jesus doesn't just throw that phrase around a whole lot. 
But commandment, that word meant a whole lot. That was something that you honored. That was something that you didn't take lightly. So Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verse 15 says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he may give to you. Verse 17 says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. There's no misinterpreting, there's no mixing up what Jesus is telling the disciples here. And in fact, this idea of loving people, this isn't the only time he talks about this. We could flip over to Matthew and Mark and see a moment where the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to pin Jesus and they ask him what the greatest commandment is. And he says that you would love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But the second is this, that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this is clearly something that Jesus thought was very important for the time that they were in. And guys, I think in the world we live in in 2019, this passage is absolutely critical to the way we live our lives. It's critical because you know it better than I do because you walk in it every single day. We live in a world that lacks love. We do. We do not live in a world that's full of love. We live in a world that's full of division, that's full of frustration, that's full of anger, that's full of hate. Jesus thought this was a big deal, and he wanted the disciples to know it. Guys, I think this is a huge deal for us. So here's what we're looking out to be. This is what we're going to do this morning. How to be the friend Jesus has called us to be. That's what we're going to go after today. How can we be the friend that Jesus has called us to be? Because he's given us a roadmap for what this should look like. Like, he lays it out for us. We don't have to dig around. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to question. Jesus lets us know what it looks like to be a great friend, to be a godly friend. So now it's up to you and I to apply it to what we do every single day. So let's dive into it. Here's our first thought on how we can be the friend that Jesus has called us to be. Love must be at the core. And if you want to continue that thought, love must be at the core of everything I do. Without love, we're missing the point. I mean, it doesn't get any more plain than what Jesus said in John 15, verse 12, he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You could flip a few chapters later in Scripture, and you could get to 1 John. And 1 John, it essentially says this, I don't believe that a man can claim to love God but hate the world, hate the people that he walks with every single day. Like, this is a big deal. But Jesus had a reason for kind of bringing this up. So there had been some questioning and there had been some conversations going on 
with Jesus during this time with the disciples. Because the disciples wanted to kind of know who was the best. Like, Jesus, come on. Like, who you love most? Maybe, who's got siblings in the room? Let me see. Who's got siblings in the room? Okay. At some point, surely this has come up between you and your siblings, right? Maybe it's a long car trip and you're running out of stuff to talk about. Maybe it's the dinner table and things have gotten quiet. You look at your parents and you go, all right, who's your favorite? Oh, we couldn't. We could never, we could never pick. We love you both equally. No, 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 no. Let's say me and my sister are on a desert island. You can save one of us. Who are you sending the boat for? Like, who do you want to be around? Don't make us pick. Oh, no, no, no. There's a favorite. There's got to be a favorite. You've probably done this at some point, right? And there's no doubt in the Lynch household I was the favorite, all right? And I'm sure that you feel the same, but that boat was coming for me, all right? So the disciples are kind of doing the same thing with Jesus right here, where They're wanting to know in heaven who's going to sit at his right and who's going to sit at his left. Like, they're really wanting to know, all right, Jesus, who do you love? John even refers to himself in Scripture as the one whom Jesus loved most. Like, there's no doubt this is a conversation that's happening. But there had also been a moment in time where these guys were unwilling to wash each other's feet. Like, they weren't willing to even take that servant sacrifice for one another. And so Jesus feels that it's important to go ahead and address what love should look like in our daily lives, in our friendships, in our relationships. Here's what it comes down to. If we're trying to operate outside of love, whatever we do is going to be done in vain. If we're trying to operate outside of love, whatever you do, no matter how good your intentions are, if love is not at the core of it, you are going to miss. Like, it's going to be done in vain. You're not going to accomplish what you're hoping to accomplish because at some point, everything gets tested enough to where you get shaken to the core. You get down to the core. Maybe it's like you're eating an apple, and you eat it, you eat it, you eat it. Finally, you're going to get down to the core of that thing. You're going to see where the seeds are. You're going to see what was holding that apple together. In our lives, guys, we deal with things that at some point are going to shake us to our core, where we're going to have to deal with real stuff. And if you've got friendships that are trying to operate outside of love, if you've got friendships that are operating based off what somebody looks like, based off popularity, based off appearance, based off what somebody else can bring to the table, it's going to get shaken and those things aren't going to last. Like they're not going to hold up. They're not going to be in it for the long haul. Because all of those are earthly things, and we know that earthly things come and go, right? So if you like somebody, if you're friends with somebody because they bring, they're popular and you feel like it's going to make you more popular, congratulations. It's going to last for a couple years, and it's going to come and go. Like, it's just going to be gone. If you... 
maybe are dating somebody because of what they look like, I've got really bad news for you. They ain't always going to look like that, right? I've got friends. I've been out of high school for eight years now, okay? That's terrifying. We're almost at 10, and that's just the depressing part. You won't see me for a few months. But I've been out of high school for eight years. I've got friends. Man, they're already like, they look different, like, and not like good different. You know what I mean? It's like, man, like, what have you been doing kind of thing? Time happens. Time takes over. So if you have relationships that are built off those things, guess what? You're going to be disappointed. They're going to leave you wishing there was more. They're going to leave you going, man, what am I missing in my life? What don't I have? I got the answer. You don't have love at the core. Like, it's not a part of the equation if your relationships are centered off earthly things. Because earthly things are only going to last for so long, guys. And if that foundation's not rooted in something deeper, you're going to miss the point. Because all of those other things end up just serving ourselves. They're all about, okay, what can I get out of this instead of how can God be glorified from this? And if all of our relationships and friendships are just serving ourselves, we'll, we'll never get to experience what Jesus talks about in verse 13 where he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So if love's not at the core, you'll never get to know what that looks like. If your relationships are all self-serving, when you go through a really dark time, you're going to look around and wonder where everybody is. And you're going to ask yourself, what did I miss? They were rooted in the wrong things. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, just as a student ministry, just as a team that we've got here, I love you guys. I love seeing you every Sunday. I love coming to your school campuses and seeing you. But if we're operating outside of love, we're messing up. Like, we're not doing the right thing. We're not living out what the church is actually supposed to look like. If that happens in our small groups, if that happens in here on Sunday, guys, we're missing the point. So love has to be at the core of everything we do. But the second thought is this. Equality has to be necessary. Equality has to be necessary if we're going to be the friends that Jesus has called us to be. You got to check out what, John, or what Jesus says in John 15, 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Guys, this is the savior of the universe. This is the Messiah. This is the one that the people have been waiting on for thousands of years. They've been waiting on this guy to show up. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he says, but I have called you friends. No longer do I call you servants because the servant does not, does not know what his master is doing. 
but I have called you friends. That's a really big deal. So what can we take from this? Jesus is clearly showing us that we have the opportunity in a relationship with him. That's the really neat part about when we accept Christ and he becomes a part of our lives. We're not just following a long list of rules. We have the opportunity at an actual relationship. And we find that here in John 15, 15, where Jesus talks about that. But here's what it means just for our daily lives and the friendships that we have today. If you're in a friendship where maybe a person is elevated in the group because they, you think that they're going to bring something that you couldn't find for yourself, we've got a problem. But we also have a problem if your friend group isn't willing to be friends with somebody else because of what they look like, where they're from, their background. Like if that's a part of the process of how you think about, man, I think I could have a, a friendship here that would glorify God because you're wondering about what they look like and ah, I know they used to do this. Huge red flag. Like that's, that's a big deal. It's really easy sometimes as Christians and as believers to want to put ourselves in this safe bubble, right? Of these are my friends. These are the people I come to church with. We all do the same thing, which is awesome. And we need friends like this. But if we're not willing to look outside that bubble and we're only focused on what's happening inward, the rest of the world's out there. Jesus never planned on these disciples when he ascended back up to heaven. He never planned on these disciples just hanging out, the 11 of them, for the rest of their lives. They've got friendships and they've got a relationship. But the idea of Jesus pouring into them for those years of ministry was not for Jesus to go ascend to heaven and for them to look around and go, all right, what are we going to do? Like, you want to go back to Peter's house and just kind of hang out? I mean, we can, we can just be there because we're the only ones that get to spend time with Jesus. We're the ones that he spent time with. So the rest of the world, man, they're messed up. They've got problems. They've got issues. No. He told them to take those words to the ends of the earth. And they left their bubble of their 11 guys and they left their bubble of being in Bethlehem and Jerusalem and these worlds that they've grown up in and they're going to the ends of the earth. They're going to Asia. They're going to Rome. They're going to the Gentiles. They're going to the Jews. The people that had no background with Jesus. The people the Pharisees had cast aside and said, you know what, they don't belong in what we do they don't get to come into the temple. They don't deserve to live the way that we live. Those guys went and reached those people, and they loved them all the same. Our lives should look exactly like that. Jesus was the servant of servants. 
And he was willing to call us friends, even though he was going to be the savior we all needed. If he can humble himself like that, guys, we should be able to do the same without question. But a lot of it comes from, we've already made up our minds a lot of the times about what we think about somebody else. And so this whole idea of equality is necessary. Yeah, it's necessary with the people I like, but with everybody else, man, I, let's be honest, God, I'm kind of living better. I'm doing things better. I, what would everybody else say if I started hanging out with them? got to be a part of the equation like without that guys we're not taking the gospel to the rest of the world or taking the gospel to the world that we like and that's not what the bible told us to do that's not what scripture laid out for us love's got to be at the core equality is absolutely necessary we're not above anybody else. We're here to serve and we're here to love. That's what Christ called us to do and so that's what we're going to go do. Here's the last thought though. You've got to step out and show. You've got to step out and show. John 15, 16, Jesus said this, Appointed you so that you should go, and if you're underlining, if you like highlighting stuff, man, you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Now, Jesus had just been talking in this dialogue with the disciples about how I'm the vine and you're the branches. So, man, this idea of going and bearing fruit and that your fruit should abide. So let's put it in our terms today. Jesus wants us to take what we learn here, to take what you find in your times alone with the Lord, in scripture and in prayer, and you go and show it to the rest of the world. Like you live with your life on display. Because if not, what are we advancing? What are we doing? We're missing the point. And so here's how this applies to our friendships. If you feel like you have to be a different person here than you are on Wednesday or Thursday at school because of the people that you're hanging out with and you worry about what they would say if you looked like Christ? You're not going and bearing fruit. You're going and doing your own thing. Like this relationship that we have with Jesus, when we accept him and he comes into our heart, and he becomes a part of our lives. We don't pick and choose when that's convenient for us. 
He transforms us from the inside out, and it completely changes the way we think, the way that we talk, the way that we act. And so if you feel like, man, I love doing the Jesus thing on Sundays at church. I love the people that I get to hang out with at church on Sunday and in small groups. But Casey, you don't, I don't know what my friends at school would say. Like, I don't know if I can act like that and talk like that. And God knows I couldn't invite them to church or, you know, ask them how I could pray for them. If you feel that way, I pray that this is just a sobering reminder for you that we're called to go and to tell the rest of the world. And we do it through our words, but most importantly, we do it through our actions. It's a really big deal that we step out and that we're willing to show the rest of the world, what God has done in us. And that should be a part of every single part of our lives. Your teams, your schoolwork, your life at home. Everything's supposed to look different and there should be no question about what you believe when you're with your friends or when you're at school. People shouldn't have to wonder about where you fall. It should be so evident in your life. And they go, yeah. And they love Jesus and they love people. I think that's the greatest compliment anybody could get. They love Jesus and they love people. My question for you is, if you had to take a poll of the friends and the people in your life, what are they saying right now? Do they see that evidence? Is love at the core of all your relationships? Do you treat everybody equally? Are you willing to serve anybody and everybody? Or are your relationships material-based? You pick and choose who you like and who you love and you feel like God should love and you feel like you've got to change based off where you're at. Here's the, the great thing. If you're sitting there and you're wondering and maybe you're starting to feel bad or disappointed in yourself, one, there's a beautiful thing of you can walk out of here and be totally different. Like, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing, ever. And so you could walk out of here and change the way that you look and treat the rest of the world. But there's also a hope and a peace in knowing that Jesus is that friend. And he wants to be that friend in your life. All of those qualities that we just talked about, Jesus put on display. And we can have those through a relationship with him. Like he is that friend that sticks in there when it feels like life couldn't get any worse. You look at the evidence of his life. He served without question. And he lived it out.
I mean, he lived a perfect life. And he wants a relationship with us, which blows my mind every single day. But he does. And so you can walk out of here and know that you've already got a friend like that. But I pray that God would begin to surround you with other people like this. That this would be a part of your life and it would be a part of everybody else's life that's around you. And if you're sitting here wondering where you're going to find that, come join us tonight for dinner at 5.30. We'll be up here. That'd be a great place to start. Because there's a lot of people in this room that I get to see live this out every single day. But I want it to be a part of all of our lives, not just some of us. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that the evidence of our lives is love. God, that people don't question or wonder who we like or who we don't like. But God, that people would know that we love you and that we love your people. And that that HSM would be a place that looks like heaven's ultimately going to look one day. Where it doesn't matter race, it doesn't matter background, it doesn't matter what their parents do. God, this can be a place where people can show up and be loved. And that that evidence would leak into the hallways of Alatoona and Harrison and North Cobb and North Cobb Christian and Mount Perrin, Kennesaw Mountain. God, every single high school in this area, I pray that where our students go, your love goes because they're living it out. And God, if we feel like our relationships are being built upon the wrong things, God, let us walk out of here different today. Let us walk out with a different vision and a different viewpoint for what you have for us and where you're leading us. And that God, we would go and live out John 15. We would go love people just as you love us. Father, thank you for the opportunity to do that. Thank you that we can build upon those relationships like we'll be able to tonight in here for dinner at 5.30. But God, thank you ultimately for Jesus being the perfect example of what it looks like to be a friend like this. He lived it out and we still have that opportunity at that relationship even today. Father, we are so, so thankful for that. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen.